What's going on, Trophy Kids? We have got another great college football slate here for you today. We are breaking down the big games, giving out some gambling picks. This is the week. This is the week we turn it around, get things moving in the right direction. You are not going to want to miss this episode. It's a good one. Welcome Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is Friday, September 23rd, and we are back to talk some college football. As always, I've got Dante here with me. How are we doing today? Good, sir. Doing well, doing well. How are you, Nate? You know, I've been better. College football has been, it's been pretty brutal. Um, You know, we're... I take our losses pretty hard when I give out bets on this show. We I put a, a lot of time in it. I'm I will say this about myself. I, I have a proven record over the years. The fans and listeners who have been with us for a while know that we have never had a losing season on this show. I plan on this not being that season, but we are off to a rough start. It has been okay. brutal. But you know what happened today? I woke up, and the fall chill was in the air for the first time. And just like in Field right. of Dreams, when the corn talks to the guy to build stadium, <laughs> that fall wind came in and said, bet the board. Bet the board, Nate. So we are attacking the board. You're going to hear the NFL podcast come out tomorrow on Saturday. I'm betting every game this week. Uh, we picked every game like we do every week. I'm putting money on every single one. We went 9-7. I'm not doing that in college football. Way too many games. But we are, no. we are aggressively attacking the board. This is the week we turn around. This is the week the ship turns around and we get things going in the right direction because college football, it's been brutal right now to me right now. What, what game last week was the most upsetting for you? Hmm. That is a great question. I know a game yesterday was upsetting for you. Man, Virginia Tech. Oh, <laughs> God. What an absolute just disaster. I mean, I, I that was a silly bet. I bet in I, I bought too hard. I'm I'm from Northern Virginia. I bet I, I bet into the the hype around the atmosphere, which is in Virginia Tech's atmosphere, it's gotten way more publicity recently, especially with social media and the posting of Andrew mm-hmm. Sandman. But it is, it is long, I've said, been one of the most underrated college football atmospheres in the country. It is. There's nothing else going on in Blacksburg, Virginia. It's, it's just a madhouse. Um, it's awesome. But that was, that team, it's just not a very well-rounded football team right now. It's a complete culture change with a new coach. The offense right. is not very good. I, I should have known that going into it. Um, and I just I let my head get get too big on that one. It was a silly bet. I do apologize to the listeners um, because it, it wasn't it wasn't the best look uh, look for me on that one. I'll say that. There's been a couple. I, I will say this. I miss big, but I also hit big. Like right now, there's no in between. It's either I'm missing horribly like Nebraska Oklahoma which I that that's the last time I buy into the interim head coach bump I am hey, I'm, not, I'm not getting I, on this podcast again and, and going that route or I, I hit you. huge one of the two <laughs> like Penn State Auburn nailed that big win so it's it's just hitting big and losing big right now there's no in between uh last week I told you the Nebraska game was going to be terrible and I just watched it get away from Nebraska and they did that thing that they do all the time, and they have it in those SEC short video. Like hope was there, right? Yep. In the beginning, because they had score. They scored. And seemed- that, they went up seven nothing. I was like, okay, yeah. we're cooking with some gas. And then, boom! Just Oklahoma came firing back, and it was blew the doors it, off. It was a of nightmare. Nebraska. It turned ugly very quickly, to say yeah. the least. Um, um, so there, there, there's a fire there. I, I, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that I did not text Nate 
during the West Virginia game, <laughs> but I wanted to. <laughs> this is the understanding we have, though. We, we know I'm over here just taking dodging bullets left and right. I can't I can't be getting texts, just like during Michigan State games. Every once yeah. in a while, I'll make the mistake and shoot off a text, but I, I generally avoid until after the game. We, we have yeah, a mutual I, understanding on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to, though. I was like, man, what are they doing? It Especially was when they threw the pick. At like what are they like on a twenty? Virginia Tech threw that pick, and they're like on a twenty, their own twenty. And I was just like, oh, this game is over. Especially because the announcers were like, Virginia Tech isn't out of this. Just two quick scores, and they'll be in it. And I was like, you're asking for a lot. It was rough. And then the the way the Steelers, because I I lost the Steelers bet. Mike Tomlin just just an absolute disaster coaching towards the end of that game. And he's a man yeah. who you know. One of the premier coaches in the NFL, never had a season below 500. We did say on the NFL podcast that this is the year that it's probably going to, he's going to go below 500. Premier coach in the NFL. But the decisions he made at the end of that game last night were just disastrous. I I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Yeah, kicking field goals on fourth and inches when you need two scores to win. Like, what are we doing? Um, that was bad. a college. That's something a college coach. Would yeah, have it was terrible. It's fourth it was, in inches. You're yeah. down two scores. You just drove. You're driving the length of the field. You got great momentum behind you, and you kick a field goal to try to kick an onside kick, which has like a twelve percent recovery rate in the NFL. Like, what are we doing? Oh, mm-hmm. just bad. Mm-hmm. But this is a college football podcast. We're gonna talk some games, and we're gonna start right off the bat with a game and a team that I. I am struggling to make. I'm going to bet this game, but I, I, I don't feel great about it because he just so many questions are still out there about this defense. I am talking Maryland, Michigan. The line is set at 17 and a half, over under 64 and a half. And this is what happens when you play absolute cupcake games. You play absolutely nobody to start off your season, and then you're going to get a Maryland team that comes in. Who, look, we've been saying it the last couple of years. Unfortunately, their offense has, is good. But when they play up in class, they just disappear. But there's a lot yep. of questions on that Michigan defense. They're replacing eight starters, high-quality starters, a lot of guys playing on Sunday this year. Um, and we just don't know how good that defense is going to be. They're going to get a real And those DBs here. are handsy. Yes. And they've been handsy. And you've been getting away with that against lesser competition. What happens when you start Big Ten play? Will you still get that Michigan um, bump from the refs? Uh, and the DBs have been handsy at Michigan for the last, like, I don't know, let's say three or four years. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this is a team that likes to play a lot of man. Are they going to be mm-hmm. able to stay in that scheme? They have incorporated more zone over the years, which is good. Um, they've gone through two separate defensive coordinators the last couple of years. But what do you make of this game? Do you think Maryland can finally step up in class and play with the big boys? Or is it going to be another year, wash and repeat, they, when they play lower competition, they blow the barn doors off them. As soon as they step up in class, they disappear. Where do you think, see this? I think Maryland still allows, on the other side of the ball, I think they allow too many yards. And that defense is okay. And going up against a Michigan offense will be their first true test. Now, on the flip side of this, and I'd hear you, Nate, this is also Michigan's first test this year. Um, do I think the number four team in the country is going to go out there and lay an egg? No. But do I think that Maryland can give Michigan a scare? That's on the board. Yeah. I think this is going to be really interesting to see how this defense may match up against Ohio State. The Maryland offense is certainly not 
Ohio State's offense. Let's not get that yeah. twisted. But this is going to be our the first real measuring stick for what this Michigan team can be. And there are concerns coming in to this season. Offensively, they they lose their guy that really kind of brought the edge and the physicality. Now you got Cade McNamara's down with an injury, which I honestly mm-hmm. think might be. I don't root for injuries, but because they had a quarterback conundrum, having a pure number one starter who doesn't have to worry about somebody looking over their back, I think is a good thing. Um, I hate that he got injured because the guy is a yeah. warrior and he he did a great job last year with this team and getting them to their first playoff under the Jim Ball Jim Hardball era. Um, but. Yeah, there are just too many questions said, on defense for me, but I, I, I think I'm going to have to take Michigan because I, I've taken Maryland the last couple of years and they've always disappointed me. I can't get bit again. It's like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And this is this is the situation I am betting Maryland. Can't get fooled again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, <laughs> what a quote all time. <laughs> all time. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I can't take, I can't in good conscience say that Maryland covers here. Yeah, I, but it, this is similar to like Fresno State last week, and I said this is mm-hmm. a good measuring stick, which we're going to talk about USC here in a little bit. Um, is really going to give that USC defense a test and really show me what they are. This is where, if you're watching it closely, we're going to get a feel for what this Michigan defense could look like because there are a lot of question marks because this defense has to be good and has to be able to play bully ball if they want to compete against Ohio State later in the year. That's how they competed last year. They were just a more physical team. They punched them in the mouth. Ohio State laid down. Ohio State is not getting... It's a tough matchup. Like Michigan has great ambition this year. The defense is a huge, huge question mark. I think offensively they're fine. They're going to be a good offensive team. Yeah, they can put up offensive team. Yes, they can put up points. Defense, there's some real, real question marks, and this is their first test because they played nobody. Nobody, and you're playing Maryland at home, so still arguably, Jim Harbaugh put his team in the best position, knowing that or the AD put their team in the best position this year, knowing that as long as they walk through this schedule and beat Ohio State, it's going to be hard to keep them out of the playoff conversation, um, despite who they played. This is true. Yeah. I mean, they have no spine because they don't want to play anybody. But yeah, everything you just said is is completely true. Um, So I am going to take Michigan minus the 17. I am going to bet it It will be on my card this weekend um, because I just I'm not getting fooled by Maryland again yet. Like until they prove that they can step up in class and compete with the big boys. I'm not I'm not getting fooled, but they they have a ton of talent offensively. It's just they've disappeared the last couple of years when they stepped up in class. Yeah, this is a game I would love to come back next week and be like, man, Maryland shocked the world. Yes, 100 percent. Yes, I, I want I Maryland remember. to make yeah. that jump. Like, come <laughs> yeah. on, uh, you're a Big Ten guy. Like, Maryland making that jump is good for like you it's need for, another yeah. team on the East Coast that can be good in that recruiting yeah. ground and be competitive. It's it's just good for the Big Ten. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. All right. Clemson Wake Forest. The line is set at seven and a half. Over unders fifty five and a half. This game was sort of shocking to me. I know Clemson has had offensive woes and the offenses look disjointed and not good but last year they had those same defensive or offensive woes and they still put it up big on Wake Forest and poured it on them and arguably this Wake Forest team has more question marks than they did last year coming into the season do you think Wake Forest can put up a fight here because I I'm feeling pretty confident about my pick in this one hangover from that Liberty game will be too much for Wake Forest 
I'm yeah, 100% that game you. was wild. Here, here's the other point. That game was wild. It's college kids are definitely more um, susceptible to the ebbs and flows of a college football season and not being able like the pros are pros for a reason. They can keep themselves mm-hmm. even keel week to week. But in college football, it is energy sucker games are a real, real thing. Um, Absolutely. There's a team that's going to be on my card that's had a ton of those. And I worry about this Wake Forest offensive line going against, in my opinion, the best and deepest defensive line in all of college football in Clemson. Those dudes are a problem. And I just, I don't know how they sustain that barrage they're going to see from that Clemson defense to put up enough points to stay within seven. And I don't see Wake Forest's defense giving Clemson really any trouble. And that's, that's saying a lot because Clemson's offense has been really bad. Yeah. The Wake Forest... I, I don't know. In my gut, I feel like this is a two touchdown game. Yeah, a hundred. I yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I I I don't see how this is a seven point game. Wake Forest was a great story last year, but this team is already worse. I like Sam Hartman a lot. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. I loved him on QB one ever since I saw him there. He seems like a great dude. He's super fun to watch. Throws the ball around. It's great. But this is going to be a tough barrage to handle. I love love. I'm not a big fan of saying it's a lock, but I love it's my favorite bet of the week. Clemson minus seven and a half. Yeah. Let's talk about your Michigan State Sparties. They have got Minnesota coming into town. Minnesota seems to be flying under a lot of people's radars now. They are going to be without their number one wide receiver. But this is a team that seems to be flying under the radars of a lot of people. This offense is humming a little bit. This is a good competitive football team. They're coming in to play Sparty, who just had a brutal game in Washington. Penix Jr. just owns Michigan State at this point with what he's done at Indiana and now Washington. How are you feeling? And th- that was a game, you know, we we have our we had our skeptics with this Michigan State team especially in the secondary and that that like proved it, yep. to be val- very valid. How are you feeling heading into this week with Minnesota coming into town? Um I am nervous for one. Um if you watch that Michigan State game, I feel bad for Peyton Thorne because at one point, Peyton Thorne put on his big boy pants and put the team on his back. And it was too little too late. With no, that was not Peyton Thorne's call. That was coming from the two coaches. And I don't know if it was coming from Mel. I don't know if it's coming from our offensive coordinator. We'll talk about Scotty. I could talk about him <laughs> on the defensive staff. <laughs> but uh, he can do it. So here's the thing. If this game starts... And you can't get this is no this is no diss to our running backs. It's just a different scheme from last year, right? Yep. If we start this game and Minnesota doesn't want to give up the run, then let Peyton Peyton direct traffic. Let him do that. Because the other thing I think Michigan State forgets sometimes is if he throws the ball enough and people are looking for the wide receivers, then yes, there's the run, then the run game can be opened up. Yeah. I think but, it, the script has to be flipped from last year where the run opened yeah. up the pass. The pass has to open the run for the Michigan State. And I would hope the Michigan State coaching staff, because I think it is a fair criticism to say coming into the season, we echoed it on this podcast, it's been echoed by other people, that Peyton Thorne's inconsistency was a concern heading into this season. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that Washington game went a long way to say, you know what, he's ready to take more responsibility on. Now, granted, Washington was replacing a lot of guys in the secondary, guys that are playing on Sunday who were very talented, but he went 30 for 42 with over 300 yards. He only threw one pick, three touchdowns. He had himself a game, and he turned it on late, and he gave Washington betters a scare there with what 
Sparty was looking to do at the end of the game. But I think that goes a long way to say, you know what, we can trust him a little bit more to have more responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. And, if, and we're at home. And you're at home. And if you don't make that adjustment, I have real concerns about the coaching staff ability to be adaptable to what they have. Because the best coaches, I'm a Mel Tucker fan. You are as well. I think that long-term, this program is heading in the right direction. Absolutely. But if you can't be adaptable year to year, you're not going to last long in college football. Like, yes, there are schools that, that, like Wisconsin, that grow a brand and identity, and they stick to that. But Michigan State can't afford to do that. They're not a program that can recruit to that. They have to be a little bit more flexible. I'm not saying change the entire scheme, but you got to adapt to what you have. And we said this on this podcast, too. Um, and Tim is, was a big proponent of this, is that the other thing that we have to understand about Michigan State this year is this is another transition year for Michigan State. And last year, Michigan State got, not got lucky, but w- was put, they were, we were put into a lot of favorable positions last year to make our record a little better than it probably should have been last year. I'd agree with this that. Is still a tr- this is still a transitional year. I think next year, if you're coming out there with bad DBs and corners, if your linebackers aren't set next year, then yes, there is an issue. Um, the, it, the secondary is soft at Michigan State. It's been soft for the last three years at Michigan State. Um, and I, if Michigan State wants to play with the big boys, because I make this same criticism about any team out there. If you want to play play with the big boys, then you got to pay your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinators like you pay your head coach. Yeah. And that's just it. The teams that open their checkbooks for their coordinators stay longer and they do better. I mean, hell, look at Clemson. Um, Yeah, look at how long they were able to keep those coordinators off the market. And I've heard the criticism that Michigan State doesn't want to do that because then you lose them the next year or the next two years. But that's just something you got to. Yeah, and some will stay. I mean, heck, look at Jim Leonard, the guy that I've been banging on the table to take a head coaching job. He's turned down jobs because he likes the situation he's in right now. He's going to wait for the perfect coaching situation to open up, and he's getting paid well. Look at Clemson and how long those coordinators stayed with Dabo because they were paid well, and they they liked the system they were in, and they, they had the opportunity. So there is also the argument that if you pay your coordinators well and they do really well, they may stay because coordinators are becoming smarter nowadays where they see these schools with short leashes and they go, you know what, I'm going to wait for a better opportunity to open up where I can go and and be a head coach at a better opportunity than taking kind of the lower the lower bearing fruit. I think it's also a reflection on Mel Tucker specifically if the DBs do not um, improve because this is something we said going into the season. The DB situation was so bad heading into the situation that Mel Tucker said, I personally am going to start coaching these guys and taking on that responsibility. Now, talent is lacking. I was about to say, the talent, yeah. (laughs) But if you don't see improvements, and I'm not talking they're going to be shut down, locked down corners, but there has to be scheme improvements and you have to see growth in that position group over the next two years otherwise you know questions i think are going to start to be asked about mel tucker and his ability to coach this football team whether that's fair or not because he's taken that ownership and he's come out and said that is my group i am focusing on that group i am coaching that group personally yeah i still think it's a a talent issue there with the i I agree also too next year if you don't go in that uh, portal, portal and yeah. get yes and get you one or two i will be uh, i will be very upset i'll say this for the people the non-biased take on this for this minnesota game right it's a it's a it's a field goal game right mm-hmm. the defense will not get better no. on saturday that's not going to happen so what you need to be paying attention to is how well peyton thorne plays 
I I don't disagree with that. And I think I think the reason that I am going to be backing from a betting perspective, and I'm sorry to do this, but it just is what it is. It's Minnesota Gophers for me because Alex Morgan is having a quietly great season right now. This Minnesota team looks like a cohesive unit in the games I have seen so far. Now Tanner. Tanner. Tanner, sorry. I say Alex <laughs> Tanner. Yeah. I'm thinking of the soccer player. Um <laughs> Tanner Morgan's been having a quite now his responsibility. He hasn't had to throw it as much. There's great running backs. Yeah, they're running. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim is, I mean, yes. so great to see him come back from the injury last season and be just as strong where he left off. But Morgan is, is when he is called upon, is doing the right things. His offense and defense are quietly having really good seasons. This is a tough test for Michigan State. I think if you guys mm-hmm. come out keeping this within a touchdown, I don't really believe in moral victories, but I think that's in the right direction. If you win this game, that's great. Um, yeah, Tucker, it's going to be tough. Tucker is five and two coming off bad losses. So good. take like that. that. Yeah, take that with whatever it may. I think this game being, I think the, I think Vegas has this right. This game being a field goal game is feels feels about right. Yeah. Yep. All right, moving on to a rivalry game that is seeing one of the largest spreads it has seen in a couple decades now. Florida, Ugh. Tennessee. It is a Two score spread at ten and a half. This game is normally very close, even though these schools have had roller coaster rides in their performances. Over unders at sixty two and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make. He- I am staying away from this game, probably from my betting a spread side. I have a take on the total, but I want to get your opinions <laughs> first here. Now, I have been a very bad total total better this season. I don't think I've yeah. been a total. Yet. Did we call that last total right? I don't remember what it was. We were like, that's way too many points. Probably not. I I, I, yeah, I don't know if did. I've hit on... I don't think I've hit on a total bet this season, but I do think an under is sort of favorable here because... Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I look at this and I'm just like, I don't know if they're going to score this many points in this game. Yes. Now, I think Tennessee might. I, I have real concerns about Florida's ability to stay in this game because the pace at which Tennessee plays at is yes. so great. And Florida is lacking a lot of depth defensively. That defensive line already is shaky. There isn't much behind the starting guys. And what well, they I, needed a prayer to beat USF. Correct. And I mean, you have a quarterback right now in Anthony Richardson who has more tackles than touchdown passes. He has three tackles and zero touchdown passes. So it's not good. And he has come out, and and this is... This is fair. I I don't disagree with this, that he has been limited in his ability to take off and run and be physical because there isn't depth behind him because their backup quarterback is banged up right now. So they are trying to make him, protect him a little bit more. But that that is what makes him so versatile, is his ability to take off and just run right over you similar to what cam newton was doing now cam newton was a better thrower um yes and passer in college but it's similar where he wanted to get the run going to open up the pass game and be that versatile dual threat quarterback anthony richardson has not been able to do that too as well as also he can't really throw to the middle of the field so i have a lot of questions about whether florida's offense can score and whether or not they that defense can just purely have a conditioning to stay with tennessee in their blazing fast pace yeah, I know uh, Napier uh, is aware, like painfully aware of the issues at Florida. Yes. I don't like Tennessee, but man, if Hooker is not out there just doing whatever he wants to do, 
just having his way I think, with this team. <laughs> just, I, I really, I just think he's going to have his way. Now, I'm not going near the spread because this game has chaos written all over it. Yes, yes, it does. Um, uh, but I think I, I like I the under here for at 62 Anthony, and a half. I feel bad for Anthony Richardson because yeah, I, we talked about this last week, right? Yes. Like the talent is there. Yes, it's clearly there, but it hasn't been refined. Like I, you, you made the point last week. Like he needs to like take a year off and just do a quarterback coaching camp and then come back to school. Learn how to throw with some touch on the ball and some finesse. Learn how to pick and choose your spots in the middle of the field because they're basically avoiding him passing completely to the middle because they just don't trust him right now. So Mm -hmm. when you limit a quarterback's ability to the area of the field in which he can throw, it makes it so simple for defense to just go, okay, we just have to protect the boundaries because he's Mm -hmm. not attacking the middle of the field because they don't trust him to do that. So once again, I, I... it sucks because I think the talent there is there for Anthony Richardson. It's just the reps aren't yet, and and he just needs to have more in-game experience and just more more time, to be honest. I think he'll be a good quarterback in college, and, but I don't know if he's going to be afforded that time with how he's playing right now. And the SEC is just like a bad conference to try to, to try to develop a quarterback like that, right? Yeah, it's tough. You don't really have the luxury. Yeah. yeah. So Because even your out-of-conference games are going to be – real game for the most part you're gonna have maybe one cupcake game unless you're at alabama um so yeah i the spread is is wild to me the over under seems a little wild to me i don't want to see tennessee win but i i mean all bets say tennessee will win that game it's a game that i will be flipping back and forth when i'm watching michigan state absolutely yeah i think i'm gonna take the under 62 and a half i don't like going under but i just i don't I don't have enough confidence in Florida's offense to be versatile enough to keep because Tennessee's going to put them in a bind and they're going to have to pass the ball more. And I just I don't think Anthony Richardson's there yet. Um, Napier could too say tell Anthony Richardson like forget it, run. He could, and yeah. Then, at some point, he's yeah. going to have to. But I mean, his job is safe right now. It's his first year. He's got time. But yeah, it, if the backup quarterback situation gets better, I think they're going to say, you know what go out there and play how you want to play and, and be a, a physical runner. And that changes the dynamic. That definitely changes the dynamic. That changes mm-hmm. the formula of how we evaluate Florida as a team. But because that element is not there, he still takes off and runs from time to time, but they are, they are consciously trying to make him stay more in the pocket and run out of bounds and not lay down the shoulder and be physical in the run game. And that is affecting his play for sure. Um, let's move on to an interesting game here, just because I love that they do this every year. Jerry World's game, Arkansas-Texas A&M. They play it in Cowboy Stadium. I like the fact that college kids get the ability to feel like what, what it's like to play on a Sunday in a college stadium. Arkansas-Texas A&M, the line is set at 2.5, over-under is 50. This is an interesting game, because even though Texas A&M got a win and did cover, and it was a big cover for me last week, that team did not look good against Miami. And there there are some real problems with Miami. The fact that they couldn't take advantage of the fact that three starters in Texas A&M's secondary ended up being out during the, at some point during that game uh, for the full game is a problem. But this Texas A&M team still has a ton of questions. Arkansas is one of the feel-good stories. I love mm-hmm. their coach down there. Great story. A physical football team. How do we think they hold up against Texas A&M, though, that really outside the quarterback position has been improving after a, a stinker of a game against App State. I yeah, that App State game is is the like dark cloud for me on this, but man, do I feel like Texas A&M is going to make this game muddy and if Arkansas gets 
if Arkansas isn't paying enough attention, Texas A and M could it can win this game for oh, sure. This game, will I be- like, I like Texas A and M in this game. I think since making the switch to Max Johnson, it becomes a much better proposition to take Texas A and M. Haynes King was just not the guy, um, <laughs> and he had ample opportunity to show that he was the guy. Now, granted. Being the guy in Jimbo Fisher's offense is, <laughs> yeah. is difficult. Um, yes. Jameis was doing it because he just had pure, insane talent. But, you know, outside of that, it's it's difficult. This this offense has not advanced since the 1990s. Um, no. it, it's rough. It's an eyesore. I think I'm not betting this. <sighs> you know what? Screw it. We're going to Arkansas for the feel-good game. We got to... <laughs> We got to risk it to get the biscuit this week, folks. We got to we got to shake it up, do something a little different. We're going Arkansas. So, plus ladies two and, and gentlemen, just for for the record, <laughs> they not have split on this one. We've agreed on most of them. Well, the Minnesota one, Michigan State. That don't take. That's yeah. Ignore that one. Uh, but we've agreed on most on this one, though. We're splitting. So I do like Texas A and M in this one. I'm probably going to be wrong because Dante has been right every time we split so far I, this season. Yeah, I got to risk it to get the biscuit. Again, ladies and gentlemen, too. The past two weeks, I have been right when we split, but that is uncommon. So, <laughs> hey, it's it's good. You've been you've been keeping me in check. We can't get otherwise. I'll get way too wild on this podcast. Um, let's talk about a game that the spread indicates a wild game, and it could very well be. It is the premier game in the Big Ten. Premier game this weekend: Wisconsin, Ohio State. I believe it is a blackout in Columbus. The spread is at eighteen and a half. Over under is fifty six and a half. Is there a prayer in hell that Wisconsin can be competitive in this game? Because this is another team that over the last couple of years, Ohio State has just had their way with them. If CJ throws more than one interception, yes. <laughs> and he is prone to throw interceptions. He I don't is. think he's thrown one this year, but he's prone. Uh, I can't remember. He may have thrown one in the Notre Dame game. I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah, he may have. With that said, I think this game is a blowout. I, I, it's hard. I don't. It's hard because Jim Leonard, who I think is, I, I love Jim Leonard. If you've been a longtime listener of the show, you know my thoughts <laughs> on Jim Leonard. I, I think he's fantastic. I think his coaching career ahead of him is very bright. But he is tasked with a very difficult job this year in replacing. One of the reasons Wisconsin has been so good defensively is they've always had a good blend of veteran and new guys. And they've, they've yep. never, they, at some points over the career, they've had to replace big chunks of the offense. But they're replacing eight guys and really quality guys, especially in the secondary. And they went into the transfer portal and they got a lot of guys in the secondary. And I don't know if he fully trusts them yet because they have been less aggressive based on pure eyeballs. I didn't look into the statistics, but they have felt less aggressive because the Wisconsin defense has always been, we're going to man you up, we're going to blitz and get pressure, and that's how we're going to beat you. And they've been very successful at that. But it does feel like they're not doing that as much because, and I'm, I'm assuming that's because they not the secondary and the personnel yeah. isn't there right now. Yeah. And so that that's scary. That's a scary proposition heading in against I think at this point, the best offense in college football. They, they, they had a tough game, but the only way and this is the other thing, too, is is the thing that gave them fits was that too-high safety look that Notre Dame rolled out in week one. I don't know if Wisconsin's going to do that. I, I hope they do. I don't think they can do that. Yeah. That's it, the, yeah. It's an interesting—I don't know what they're going to do. And then offensively, I don't, I don't know—I don't— <laughs> 
I can't buy into Graham Mertz again, but there are some signs <laughs> that the offense is a little bit more competent. But I just I can't I can't do this to myself. I did it Graham last year, dis- and I can't. He do it disappears again. against good talent. Yes, this is the Maryland proposition all over again. Yeah. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I can't get fooled again. <laughs> so yeah. this is Graham this is disappears. He is for all intents and purposes, he has that. He has the tools. He has the vision. It's just what he doesn't have the wide receivers, arguably, but because they for whatever reason can't get great wide receivers there. But true, that that is true. It's because they were looking for the running back Uh uh, at Wisconsin, um, which their running game is. And there's real questions about Paul Chris's ability to to come up with a a complex offensive scheme. He he keeps it pretty simple. (laughs) Yeah, this is the other thing about Wisconsin, and this is nothing. I'm going to say this, and I have Badger friends, people who've graduated from Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a fine school. Madison is a great town. It's time for you to move on from Paul. Yes. The game has passed him up, and it's okay. It is we As a team who had to do this with D'Antonio, it just happens. This is what I was saying last year. I was saying, you know, you don't want to hear it, but Jim Leonard, I think, is just the natural successor. He's the only reason Paul Chris has a job at this point because the defense has been so elite over the last couple of years. It's the only reason they've been in games because the offense, and he's the offensive guy, and he's taking control of the offense. It has not. I, I honestly can sit here through Paul Chris tenure and go, I don't really know what he is because it's it's not consistent year to year. It doesn't progress. It's very reliant on making sure you have the guy at running back, even though you have the highest rated recruit at quarterback you've ever brought in, um, and you still can't really develop him. It's yeah, it's just it's a bad. It's a tough situation because on one hand you go, we're consistently good enough to be talked about in the national spotlight, but we're yep. not consistently good enough to break through, and right. that's a problem. So if you're okay with being that level, then keep Paul Chris. But if you want to get better, I think it's time to risk it and go with yeah. like a Jim Leonard type and and see what you can get. And you can give Paul Chris like a sanctimonious send off. Like yeah, you know it doesn't have to be a. A bad thing. No, not at all. He's won you a lot of football games. He's kept you yeah. really competitive. He's given you good you can times. Build him. You can build him a statue if you want. <laughs> you can call the field, Chris Field. You can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> it's it's it is Jim Leonard's the reason he's still a head coach there. Because if Jim Leonard wasn't his defensive coordinator, I think he would have been fired a long time ago. So yeah, I think this. I'm not betting this game. I'm staying as far away from it as possible. But I think this could turn really ugly. If that Wisconsin offense can't get going early, because the other thing is that Ohio State defense, to their credit, is ahead of schedule in my opinion. Jim Knowles yes. is a great defensive coordinator. Yep, Knowles, we yep. we outlined this though early in the season that every the first year he's out of school, the defense typically takes a step back. Now we were interested to see if that would be the case this year because the talent is arguably better. Ohio State's biggest problem last year seemed to be that they just weren't phys- like they were just getting blown apart just physically. Like I they didn't, they, didn't they want were to relying tackle. on their offense. Yes, too. And this year, it seems the mindset has changed. It's more cohesive. It's not a perfect picture yet, but it's a much better unit, in my opinion. So they're ahead of schedule. That's scary for this Ohio State team coming down the the train tracks. Yeah. Um, All right. Last game, and then we can kind of go at random. I have a couple additional games that are going to be at my card, but last one we maybe talk about at length here. USC, Oregon State. You just can't stay away from USC. I love USC here. Uh, not to bet, but I love talking about them because they are they are the we are going to be the podcast that if you're listening to, you're at an advantage because this defense is 
bad. Um, now, <laughs> I think that's an understatement. Depending on where you are looking and betting, and I think you should do some line shopping. The lines that six, five and a half, you may be able to get a six and a half. I hate buying points, but I would strongly, I would strongly consider maybe buying this to seven. The offense, I think we are, can all be in agreement, is elite. And the, I mean, it's just the Oklahoma offense. Correct, but the running game yeah. has been surprisingly better True. than I thought. I did not expect them to have a strong running game. They are incredibly balanced, which makes them even more lethal. But the defense is the problem. And the defense, this t- if you just look at the box scores, you go, well, you know, it's not that bad. No, teams are moving the ball on them with relative yes. ease. They are getting some fluke they are getting some good reading the play interceptions and turnovers, but a lot of it's kind of fluky stuff. Last week Fresno State, I said on this podcast, watch the Fresno State game, it's going to be the real test and before the quarterback got hurt for Fresno State, that team was moving the ball with relative ease. The defensive line gets no push up front. Oregon State's got a very a very underrated offensive line that's getting a good push right now, an underrated offense for that matter. Um and I just don't see this over super high at 70 and a half. I have I real concerns about Ohio State. I or not Ohio State, USC. I think we need to rein back in the reins. They're ahead of schedule. The offense is great, but this defense is a real problem. Yeah, USC is similar to Michigan State going into Washington. Um, USC going into uh, Oregon State. USC is a little overrated. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be ranked. I'm saying that they're a little overrated. Yep. With that said, I don't think Oregon State, even if they're moving the ball against USC's um, paltry defense, I don't think Oregon State can score enough points. I think they keep this within a touchdown, which is why I don't hate buying the seven to seven. I'm taking the number at six. Um, I may buy it to seven. I just I don't think this defense can hold them out. That's my problem. Is I just I have no I have no faith in this defense to hold yeah, out I've, an underrated Oregon State team. And a, and, for a, me, and a team that history has not been kind to USC when they've traveled true. to Beaver Stadium. True. That is true. And history. And I, no, no, you're fine. Um, and I, the Kentucky, uh, Florida, I did the, the history there. Yes. And, and I'm going to go against history on this one. If, if USC miraculously either gets a turnover or two, three and outs and, Oregon State finds themselves down to touchdowns is, I think, where this is it true. will become an issue. Yeah, if yeah. they keep getting the fluky turnovers here. They do. Like, yeah, if they keep, but that, even, but even still, like you're, you're calling it fluky, and I agree with you. Some of them have been. Some are, of them have been good, but some of them have been. Like, yeah, okay. but they're also putting those defenses because their defense is so paltry. They're running those like weird, like I, I don't, I'm gonna call them like playground schemes. Yeah, on defense, and so it. it then they put themselves in positions to get those fluky turnovers. Alex Grinch has them playing a very simplified offense. And here's the other thing. I, you know, there was certainly a lot of ruckus about USC and the moment Lincoln Riley was hired, I said, this team will be back to playoff form well within four years. And they're not in playoff form yet. I, I very much expect this defense through recruiting the transfer portal to get very good over the next Mm -hmm. couple of years. But right now in year one, this is this this is an offensive playoff team, but this defense is just <laughs> yeah. brutal. I mean, I would argue they're outside the top fifty in defenses, and you might go, "That's crazy, Nate." But this defense, they might. This defense is they really, might be. really really bad um, outside of the turnover margin. Um, so yeah, I just think Oregon State can stay. Now, granted, this is relying on them not turning over the ball, 
they're going to stay within seven. So the number at six, I don't hate. It's a little risky. I'd buy the point to seven and call it a day. That's where I'm at with this game. Um, A couple other games I have on my card. I don't know if you have any others that you want to talk about. But no, I, I the only thing I want to talk about is that Central Michigan Penn State game is at like twenty eight or something like yes. that. Yeah, that's that seems wild, wild to me. Twenty eight seems like a lot. Yeah, I mean they're definitely getting a bump from going down to Auburn and just yeah. knocking <laughs> the snot out of that Auburn team. I mean, my God, which I am such a fan of because this whole the SEC hype machine kind of gets outside of head self. I would love, because we see it in college basketball, we talked about this last week, I would love if the SEC and the Big Ten could get some type of agreement going where like one out-of-conference game is geared to playing a team. Now, the Ohio States and Alabamas probably won't do that, but sort of the middle tier, the Penn States of the world, the Auburns, Arkansas, like those Michigans, I would love if they could do that um, because I think it's really good for the sport. I think it's good to have those kind of matchups early. I love that Penn State and Auburn did that. I give them all the credit in the world. Like that was a fun matchup, especially get a home and home. Great for the sport to have that type of interconference. Two best conferences in college football having interconference games, home and homes is so good. Yeah, and this is not me saying that Penn State can't put twenty eight. No, but that line is very influenced. Yeah, but that line is. (laughs) Yeah. Craziness. Um, Here's a game that is probably flying under a lot of people's radars, but I am a big fan. We talked about the emotional roller coaster. We talked about how energy energy sucker games can be. James Madison going to Appalachia State. James Madison has made the jump to FBS level. It's at six and a half. Some shops have it at seven. If you can get seven, take the seven. Make sure you're make sure in today's world when there's plenty of options betting wise, you're you're checking the lines at various books. Don't be don't be just subject to one book. Um, James Madison is an extreme was an extremely good FCS team. They've made the jump now to to FBS level. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that defensively and offensively is performing at a high level. Now, granted, their competition has been on the lower scale so far, but App State has had a run of, emotional run of it. I mean, we got the Hail Mary last week. We got the Texas A&M upset. We've got the UNC just firing shots back and forth, high-scoring game. James Madison presents a real, real challenge here for them because they are just a very well-rounded football team, both defensively and offensively. I like taking the points at seven if you can get it there, six and a half. I like taking the points, James Madison, here. I think this is a team that may catch this uh, App State team at just a good week. Mm, I like that take. Um, James Madison's defense is very stingy, but like you said, their competition hasn't been stellar. Um, I, 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 I'll have to agree with you that like the scare is there. My gut is still saying that. Because of the talent that App State has played, they should eke this win out. But it might be a field goal game. Yeah, I mean, it's a good team. I just, yeah, yeah. I, I like this game to be within a field goal. So I'm taking the points. I like the points in this one. I also like, and it's it's a big number. I got to see where it's gotten to. But I went and I we watched. I went and watched Kentucky live, and I have. A mm-hmm. ton of question marks about Kentucky. Mostly that offensive line, which did sustain an injury. It is not good. It's not a good deal down there. They were getting pushed around by Youngtown State. Eventually, towards the end of the game, when 
conditioning really came in, and because they're just a superior team, that's when that you could really start to see them take over. But early in the game, Youngstown State was eating that offensive line's lunch. Um, but they are playing Northern Illinois this week. Northern Illinois is without their starting quarterback. And Mark Stoops was very honest and open about how that performance was not to par with what Kentucky expects. I expect them to come out here with kind of their hair on fire. It's a big spread, but 26 and a half. I'm, I'm taking a flyer on them. This I'm probably going to regret this, but we're going to go Kentucky. 26 and a half spread on that one as well. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I like that right there. Um, and I may add to the card, but those are those are my bets as of right now this week. Um, also, can we talk Northwestern real quick? They're playing Miami, oh, Ohio. That's yeah. another spot where you may. They're a seven point favorite outside of the game in Ireland against a terrible Nebraska team. As we are learning, this team is bad. And Miami, Ohio is a quietly like team that can can similarly. I don't necessarily think they're going to win, but they can surprise you and punch you in the mouth if you're not being careful. No, no, no. I- I think Miami Miami of Ohio wins this game. Really? Okay. This is the takes I like. Tell me more. <laughs> I for a couple reasons. I I live in Chicago. Um, for the, you guys who don't know, and in Chicago, it is a melting pot of all the Midwestern schools. And when you look around, you see a lot of Iowa. You see a lot of Michigan. You see a lot of Michigan State see a lot of Penn State, see a lot of Big Ten schools around here. I hedge to bet the next school that I see a bunch of is this red M for Miami of Ohio. And if you've never been to Northwestern's campus, and you've never been to their um, if you've never been to their football stadium, it's a very small stadium that can be taken over by other fans very quickly. Very quickly. I was in that I was in that situation last year. Um, when Michigan State played Northwestern, uh, and it very quickly became a Michigan State stadium. So, with Northwestern being this bad, and with there being enough Miami of Ohio fans in um, in Chicago, and them smelling blood in the water, that's why I don't have any like I don't have any like Miami of Ohio statistically. Right. None of that. This is all just a observation. Pick. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to bet the game, but I saw that they were a seven-point favorite, and I was like, I don't feel like they should be favored seven points over anybody at this point. That team is laugh-out bad, bad. Um, another game I'm going to bet, Oklahoma-Kansas State. Kansas State has had Oklahoma's number the last couple of years. They've, yes. they've played them very competitively, but I just don't think that this this version of Kansas State can compete with this version of Oklahoma. I just I don't see it. Oklahoma... They are looking very, way ahead of the schedule. Brett Venerable, who I, I did think was going to get Oklahoma in line and going, but I thought they were going to struggle early because his defenses are complex. And similar mm-hmm. to Jim Knoll, you generally see it take a little bit for, for guys to get it when you don't have a veteran experience within the system. But they're firing at all cylinders, both offensively and defensively. This is a really good team. I just think physically Kansas State is not up to the task this year, um, which maybe I'll get bit in the butt on this one, but I just think the style Kansas State is playing this year, the way they're playing, they just do not match up well against Oklahoma. It's within two scores. I think this is a two-score game. So under, if you could get the number under 14, I like it. If it's 14 or above, I do not like it. So shop around. FanDuel's currently got it at 13 and a half. Um, I, I like it under 14. Yeah, I like it. Gabriel, I think, goes out there and just throws the lights out against Kansas State. And I've said this a thousand times, but I don't think K-State can 
Kansas State can score enough points on Oklahoma. I agree. I'm also, yeah. and this is, I'm addicted to taking this team, and they bite me uh, butt every time. But BC, Boston College, you in Boston College. Like you State. went to Boston College. I know. Right? I wanted to go, and then I realized you had to have like over a 4.0. I was like, never mind. And it's super expensive out of state. Granted, I went to Xavier, but at least Xavier gave me some money. Um, Florida State potentially watching for the quarterback injury. I don't think he's going to start this week, and the number hasn't adjusted because of that. Um, even if he does play, he's banged up. I like BC. It's 17 and a half. I make this game more like 13, 14. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I'm taking it. I just think there's a value in the points there. Um, I still think Florida State wins this game, but especially if their quarterback is out, BC, I think, can cover the 17, but man, BC, it's, it's, I'm addicted to taking them. I'm just addicted to taking BC. At some point, it's going to pay off. I think it's this week. Like I said, the wind spoke to me. The, the, the fall chill that came in this, in this morning, it spoke to me. And it said, take BC Eagles plus 17 and a half. Um, I don't know. I don't like ACC football. I know that's a, that's a controversial take, but man, this sounds like a game I don't want to watch. Oh yeah, I'm not putting it on a TV, but I'm I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm gonna keep track of it on on a sports app here or there. Um, so yeah, do we think Marcus Freeman beats North Carolina? Oh man, Marcus Freeman, I I hope so. UNC, I hope so too. They're in a down spot this year. If it, it, it it's gonna turn real ugly if they can't beat UNC, but UNC offensively poses a real threat here. It's just defensively, UNC doesn't have anything to offer this year. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. If 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 they can't get it going. And they can't get a win against UNC. It's going to get real ugly in South Bend, real, real quick. Yeah, I hope for Marcus Freeman's sake that they go down to North Carolina. Um, and I, I'm not going to do it probably, yeah. but if you're looking to bet that game, I don't hate just taking the money line dog Notre Dame. I, I don't know who on UNC is going to stop Myers, the tight end. I, I honestly, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't see that. Like that kid's going to have a. He's gonna go berserk um, in this game. Um, I don't hate if they if that's the game they call. That's true. Yeah, I mean that's I I have some concerns about Marcus Freeman just in general because it's it they don't look organized like at no. all, and that's that is a concern. Coaching. I once again, he's doing all the right things on the recruiting trail. I also think you have to give him time, but like the table was set for you to be decent not great this year but decent and it just it looks disorganized and some of the coaching decisions have been rough now granted first time coach there are some growing pains but let's see how the season progresses i think it's gonna be a bad year for notre dame expectations shouldn't be too high but some of the things that have been done are a little concerning is about his ability to manage a game and a team it's just it's felt disorganized off the bat and that could just be growing pains once again first time head coach totally could be growing pains i don't want to put the cart in front of the horse here but there are some concerning things there this is Notre Dame. They will fire a first time. Oh coach. yeah, heck yeah, they so, will. <laughs> that's why I'm hoping that Marcus Freeman. Because I don't know. I hate to be the potential guy, but I think the potential is there for Marcus Freeman. 100 percent agree. Notre Dame is a hard school to coach at. I, I think potential is there, and like I said, I, I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse because yeah. there have been some very concerning coaching decisions and the disorganizations there. But Absolutely. he's killing on the recruiting trail, and once again first-time head coach. There are going to be some growing pains. There's a lot of pressure at Notre Dame. I do think the potential is certainly there. It's just at this point in the season against a team like North Carolina, you have to show, even if you lose this game, you have to show some more consistency in your offensive philosophy, your defensive philosophies, and just the way the game is managed. Things have to start to get a little bit better here. Otherwise, they're going to turn real, real ugly. 
Yeah, I don't think he can lose this guy. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's gonna be a tough, tough, tough flight back if they lose this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts before we wrap this up? No, that was it. Perfect. I like it. Um, as always, hope, happy betting. And uh, I should have said, I'm just messing up the ending now. <laughs> My brain's been fried. This for yeah. a few years. It's 8 yeah. o'clock. I just recorded the NFL podcast before this. We did college right <laughs> after that. College was coming out tonight. So if you're listening to college, the NFL will be out tomorrow. Um, but as always, peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> All right.